This morning, as we celebrate Independence Day, a day early, I want you to turn to John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36. John chapter 8, verses 1, verse 31 through 36. And I want to read to you a, a scripture that um, a scripture that comes into play of um, Jesus is in a discussion. And Jesus is actually in a discussion with some very religious folks. Uh, we probably know the best as being Jews. Uh, you know, good people. Uh, there, there are good people. There are people that are good that are not saved. That's what I'm trying to say. Good people can't be limited to Christians. In fact, there's some Christians that are sometimes they're not such good people. Uh, you know, we just have to pray for them and believe that God's just going to minister to their life. But but there are good people that are not saved. You know, goodness. Uh, the Bible uh, the Bible equates the goodness to being as filthy rags, rags that deserve to be uh, burnt with fire. And and God, he, as He begins to share. Uh, and minister to us along that line, we begin to think about goodness is, uh, it's really not all that important to God. Let's call, see, God is about righteousness. And righteousness and goodness are not exactly the same thing. Righteousness comes through Christ. There's some goodness that is acquired through righteousness. But goodness is not going to take us to heaven. And goodness is not going to set us free. But but the, the, the Jews were, if you would, they were hung up on goodness. They were following the law of their father Abraham. And they they had read the Torah, the, the five books of the Old Testament. And, and any any good Jewish young man had it memorized. He, he knew it by heart. And that's the people that Jesus is addressing. So Jesus says, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, the Jews. They said, but we're we're Abraham's descendants. We have never been slaves of anyone how can you say that we shall be set free? You see, the Jews, the Jews, because they believed in the Abrahamic covenant that God had made with their father Abraham, because of that, they looked at him and they said, we have never been slaves of anyone. We are God's people. How can you say we can be set free? They're saying to him, we've never ever been in bondage. So if you're not, listen, if you've not been tied up, you can't be cut loose. That's what they're saying. But Jesus responded to them, Verily, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now there, let me pause and interject this. The scripture says that every man, every person, every woman, every boy, every girl, every person has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We can't help ourselves. We can't, we can't avoid it. We're born into sin because of, of the failure of our, of our, of our forest reaching forefather. His name was Adam. 
And because of him and his failure, then we're all born into sin and we can't help that. We follow the Adamic, if you would, sin nature. We follow the, follow the fallen nature of Adam. So Jesus said, Verily I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So what we're doing this morning is, if you would, we are eavesdropping in on a conversation about freedom. We're eavesdropping in on a conversation about freedom. And as we eavesdrop in on this conversation about freedom, we find a people that is a, a good people, at least in their own sights. They are good people. They're, they're people that have followed the teachings of their father Abraham. They had studied the scriptures as such as it was at that time. And they have found themselves being good people in their own standard. You know, uh, my dad, my dad was very late in life before he ever got saved. In fact, I was the first one in my family to be saved, but my dad always struggled, as was a lot of his family. They struggled with the ideology of, uh, I'm a good person. I, I don't cheat people. My, my, I never knew, I never knew my dad. He might have, but at least not in my presence. I knew, never knew my dad to do any of those things that we consider unsocial or uh, sinful, if you would. I never knew my dad to partake of alcohol or, or any substances or even to smoke a cigarette. I never knew my dad to do any of those things. But my dad, when you talk to my dad, people, I can remember preachers asking my dad, Mr. Taylor, are you saved? Do you, do you know the Lord? My dad's response would be, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. And, and being a good person is wonderful. Don't misunderstand me. But being that good person does not mean that you are saved. You see, salvation comes through uh, knowing Jesus Christ. Salvation comes, freedom comes from knowing Jesus Christ. That was the struggle with these Jews. That was their problem. That was their difficulty is because they knew they were good people or they felt they were good people by a religious standard that had been set before them for generation, compounded upon generation, upon generation, upon generation. They knew how to dot the I's and cross the T's. But the thing about it is they had never become disciples of Jesus until this time, of course. And Jesus speaks of them being disciples. Disciple simply means a follower or a pupil. Uh, it comes from the same word that, uh, if you would, that, that pupil or student comes from. It comes from the same word that discipline or discipline comes out of the same word as disciple. It means one being taught or one that has a teacher and they are following that teacher. Jesus said, you're my disciples. And, and they said, we don't have really a need of being taught because granted they knew the Bible, the first, only five books of the Old Testament, as it was at that time, understanding that, that, that the New Testament as we know it was being lived out. They were living the New Testament. So there was not a New Testament for them to read. But they said, we're, we, we, we've, ne we've never been in bondage. 
We've never been in slavery. Why, bless God, we are the children of Abraham. We live under that covenant that God said that, you, you know, you will be my people and I will be your God and you will be as the number of the sands of the sea. You'll be as the number of stars that are in heaven and I will multiply you and I will bless you and you will never cease to exist. So the Jews, even though they they looked at, they we know that they had been taken into exile. They had been in Babylon. They had been in Philistine bondage. We know all of those things, or hopefully you do. But yet they said, we're free people because we are the children of Abraham. But Jesus declared to them, you are not free because you have not yet come into a relationship with who I am. You see, sometimes... Sometimes we think that, sometimes that we think that, uh, that, that all of our goodness and all of our, our good works and all of our good deeds will simply be enough. I've been preaching a long time. I, I, I've been, I've been preaching longer than some of you are old in this room and you are now adults. But I've still been preaching longer than you are old. I don't claim to know everything. I don't claim to have, have seen everything. I don't claim to be the greatest preacher nor the greatest biblical scholar in the world. By no means do I declare that. But I know throughout my years of ministry, it seems like that sometimes people get so confused and thinking that goodness will do for them what only the Lord Jesus Christ can do for them. And that's get you to heaven. And only the Lord Jesus Christ can set us free. We can, we can, we can, we can go through programs. We can adapt lifestyles. Listen, last year, last year, I decided I was going to lose weight. Last year, I went on keto. Many of you in the church, y'all remember that. I was on keto. I mean, I was living on 21 carbs a day. I even had an app on my phone that that would tell me if I had already went over carb. You know, I, I, I was very meticulous. I tried very hard. I lost 33 pounds until Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was good. I was behaving myself. I was, I was watching what I was doing. I had changed my lifestyle. My eating lifestyle. I, I had done things different. And man, I was seeing results. I lost 33 pounds until Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, keto vanished away. And now here I am some, uh, now seven, eight, almost nine months later. And no, I am not pregnant. But nine months later, I found myself gaining 25 of that 33 pounds back. You see, we can do things to adjust our lifestyle. We, we, we can do some things to, uh, all of us have the power to make some corrections in our life. But even in our own power, even in our own might, even in our own ability, we can't save ourselves. Even in our own ability, we have no way of redeeming ourselves from the curse of sin. There is only one that can set us free. And His name is Jesus. There's only one that can redeem us from the curse of sin. Pull us out of the curse of sin. That is Jesus. You see, we've been held hostage by sin. Some of you are old enough, you don't see it too much, I don't guess as you used to in the movies, but some of you remember the movies of, you know, an old Hawaii 5-0 shows. And, and even if you like us, we're, we're NCS fans, NCIS. We don't watch too many TV shows, really, to be honest. We don't have time to sit 
sit down and watch a lot of TV, but we like watching NCIS on Monday night. And I'm afraid it's not going to last much longer without Gibbs. I just want you to know that. Yeah. You know, it was bad enough to take Abby, Abby and Ziva and Denozo off, but when you take Gibbs off, you're done with, okay? But but we watch these shows and we've all seen the movies of when people have been taken hostage. And, and somebody's wanting a ransom. They're wanting some money. They're wanting money put in a swift bank account. Or you got to meet us down at the uh, a vacant air runway somewhere and a private jet lands and they want you to hand over that briefcase full of money and then we're going to release the hostage to you. And you don't know whether you can trust them or not because you already know they're crooks or they would have never done this to start with. Do you realize every single one of us Every single one of us have been taken hostage. Do you realize that every single one of us, we're being held, if you would, with ropes tied around our hands and our legs, a gag in our mouth, in some vacant warehouse somewhere, maybe with a gun beside our head. No, not, not physically, not in the sense of it's actually happening to us. But spiritually speaking, every single one of us has been held hostage. But Jesus is the ransom. He wasn't just a ransom for me or for AK or Elaine or John and Millie. He's he's the ransom for many. In fact, he is the ransom for all. If we will surrender our hearts to Jesus and realize that he has paid the ransom for the hostage situation that we have been held in, then we are free. Now, when we watch the movies... We hope that when the money is handed over, you know, that that then Gibbs is going to show up and he's going to take charge of the situation. The person's going to be set free and the crooks are going to get arrested. Well, let me tell you this. Gibbs is not going to show up in your situation nor mine. Nor is Mannix or, uh, uh, or any of the guys, Dan O on Hawaii 5 even the new one. Nor, nor is Marshall Dillon. There is no other hero that will show up in my life and your life other than the man, Jesus Christ, to set us free. And when he shows up, he shows up in style and he'll set you free. And then you say, well, what happens to the bad guy? Well, let me tell you what happens to the bad guy. The bad guy continues to roam the earth because the Bible said he's going to and fro and he's seeking whom he may devour. But that doesn't change the fact that you've been set free because your ransom has been paid. But there's many others that there's many others that haven't received the ransom as of yet. So here's what happens. Someday. That day, I don't, I don't know. That day, I can't tell you exactly when, but I still believe in the doctrine of the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, and what that, that doctrine, that's, that's some, that's some quite large or sort of large theological terms. But what the doctrine of the imminent return of Jesus Christ means is that someday, any day, whatever day he chooses, Jesus Christ is coming back to this earth and he is going to redeem those who have who have surrendered their hearts and their lives to him. Now, well, wait a minute. What about the people who passed away? What about the people who have died? What about the cemeteries, the, the, the oceans, the seas? What about the, the battlefields where there, there's men and women 
that have trusted God and they have died, what's going to happen to them? Well, they get a head start on us according to Scripture because it says when the trumpet voice of God, when the trump of God sounds and the dead in Christ shall rise first and those who arise and remain will join together in, in the air. So we all get ransomed spiritually, but we're all going to get ransomed physically. And then we find ourselves be given glorified bodies. Bodies where that, that if, if you, if you study scripture, you find out that after Jesus, uh, after Jesus rose from the grave, he just shows up places. Now, isn't that going to be marvelous to think about? Jesus has showed up places. Not, now, and listen, but we're in glorified bodies. It doesn't say we're some, there's some spirits just floating around. But, but I don't know how all this is going to work, but I believe what the scripture illustrates, what the scripture tells us, and you're just going to show up. That's a good thing. You know, that's a great thing. I want you to think about it. Think, think about it, Adam. Your mother-in-law can just show up right there. Right out of the atmosphere. After Jesus comes. He's probably saying she shows up now like that. <laughs> but, but then there comes what, when I, when all, immediately as all that happens, then what sets into place? The criminal. The kidnapper. The one that's been holding you in bondage. He, he's released to work for a season. There's seven years that he works. And then there, there, there's, there's a season that he's rele- released on the work again later. But we find in the end result. Fast forward to the end of the book. In the end of the book, we find that he is bound and cast into the pit. The pit that most of us would call hell. He is cast into that pit forevermore. And sin, sin will never plague the earth again. And there will need to be no need of a ransom then. Our Savior will reign as King. And we will be there as the ones that He ransomed out of slavery. And we will worship Him forever and ever, forever. Now, I'll be very frank with you this morning. For the last 20 minutes, I have weaned everything I just said to you. And I want to tell you why. It's because electronics are stupid. Because I had my message in pages and I had it on my iPad and I had it on my Mac and when I opened up my iPad it just flashed up a little thing that says your document was deleted. So I sent my wife to the office to get my Mac and I said I'll open up my Mac in my mind I said to self I said self you're going to open up your Mac you're going to pull pages up there and it's going to be there and guess what? It's not there. So the time, the hours that I spent working on this message until I, I find my flash drive and I plug my flash drive in my computer, it's gone. Now I know, I know, of course I did the message so I know the basics of what my message said. So I haven't weaned it in its entirety. But I do, I, I thank God my scripture was on my PowerPoint. But I want you to know this. I do know a statement, one of my, my concluding statement in my message this morning. 
My concluding statement in my message this morning said this. When a slave is set free, and you know, we whether you agree with it or not, that's that's not the thing, but we just got through with the Juneteenth thing, you know, this acknowledging the emancipation, emancipation proclamation. You know, we just got through that. But you know what? I, so I'm told, and as I studied history, and I'm not necessarily a history buff, but there were, were occasions, in fact, we see in the Bible that there was occasions when slaves were treated so well by their master that they wanted to stay with the slaves. But here's one thing I want you to know with me. That a slave will not... A slave that is set free will not continue to live in the slave house. Are you with me? A slave that is set free will not continue to live in the slave's house. And I'm thinking along our culture here in America and what we know from some uh, 150 years ago. When the slave is set free, the slave is allowed to go on its own. But if the slave wants to stay on the plantation, the slave that is set free does not remain in the slave house. The slave moves in to the to the mansion, to the plantation house. Are you with me? So when God sets us free, and who the Son sets free... It's free indeed. Now Nathan had to, he had took off and he went in there to, uh, Nathan went in there to, uh, toddlers church. He and Vicky do toddlers. Chase and Haley do the older kids. So he's not in here to see any more of that. Chase sings it, but he's occupied too. But who the sun sets free is free indeed. I never met Talmadge. She's followed these families here this morning. Uh, are a lot of them, but I've never met Talmadge. But I want to tell you, he hit something when he wrote that song. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Because we find it right out in Scripture, and it's the words of Jesus to these people that were good people. They knew the Torah. They knew the Bible of their time as such was. They were, they were people that, that had Abraham and they knew they had their covenant with Abraham, but they didn't realize they were in bondage. And as good a person as you are here today, there may be somebody, you're good people, I know you are, but there may be some good people here that are in bondage. And the reason that you're in bondage is because you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. So this morning, you can be free indeed. You can move out of the slave house and into the plantation house. The ropes can be cut off, the gag ripped off your mouth, and uh, and you can be set free because the ransom has been paid. And you can be released into freedom. 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 Freedom to do what? Freedom to serve Jesus. See, Jesus didn't set us free just to go about our own way. He set us free in order that we may serve Him. A little bit of a paradox there, if you would. So this morning, you're in this place. You're great. You're a wonderful person. But I want to go back to this. Jesus said, I'll tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs it to forever. 
See, the slave doesn't belong to the family. The slave is owned by the family, but they're not a family member. But a son has an inheritance. A son, a daughter, has a place forever in the family. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. So if you're in this room this morning, or if you're watching live stream, and you've never known the Son. You, I, there's no doubt in my mind that you're not a good person. There's no doubt in my mind that you're not a, 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 a wonderful person. But even wonderful people need a relationship with Jesus Christ. I thank God that my dad, I started that story. I thank God that my dad later in years, somehow, someway, somebody convinced him that being a good fellow was just not good enough. But we have to receive the goodness of God, the righteousness of God. And that comes through Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads with me just for a minute? With your heads bowed and, and your eyes closed, I want to just ask you a question. If you're in this room this morning or if you're watching again by live stream and you've never surrendered your heart and your life to Jesus, or perhaps you uh, you've surrendered your heart and life to Jesus, but you've let that relationship become very distant. You've let it, you've let there become a gulf or a separation between you and the Lord. If that's you this morning, without embarrassing, we're not in the business of embarrassing anyone at Voice of Praise. That's not my goal. That's not my motive. But if you're here in this place this morning,